This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my body. Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 44 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. My name is John Ross, Dr. First, and uh, uh, Zen, before we get started with the episode, I'd like to offer you the opportunity to introduce your social media handles. Ah, okay. On Facebook, I am Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E. Uh, also, Zenashe Poetry, Z-E-N-A-S-E Poetry. Um, on Instagram, same thing. Zenashe Poetry, all smushed together, Z-E-N-A-S-E Poetry. Um, I also have a website, laughsandlyrics.com. And laughs is spelled with a Z and and is spelled out A-N-D. Um, so laughsandlyrics.com. You can see the show's coming up. Sponsors can sponsor uh, the show. You know, we do a lot of different packages for sponsorships. Vendors can vend at the show. And then, of course, you can buy tickets. You can buy merch. I have shirts. I have water bottles. I have uh, pins and bags and all kinds of things <laughs> with laughs and lyrics on it. Okay. So. Uh, like I said before, my name is John Ross Dyke the First. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary if you would. Connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my Facebook page, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. In front of us, directly in front of us, uh, shout out to my brother, Clint Brownlow, who uh, is persistent on me being better. So he's like, you need to do this, you need to do this, and and I appreciate that type of uh, criticism, critique, and uh, outlook, so that that way I can further the brand. So I have all my t-shirts that I sell. Um, these are personal company t-shirts. I also press t-shirts as well. Um, shopstillvisionary.com slash apparel. How are you? I am wonderful. Okay. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I um I woke up this morning thinking, okay, well, my wife and I have been on a um, healthier tip. 
So uh, from the 15th to the 31st of December, we've said that we need to run no less than two miles a day. And whoever uh, doesn't do that owes the other uh, a price tag. So it's, it, it incentivizes us to uh, get out there and run a little bit. So I'm, um, I'm going on 22 days strong. I ran three miles this morning, and uh, I feel great. Excited to do this podcast. <laughs> Well, I don't know the last time I've run a mile. I used to be an athlete. I used to run every day, but no that was many, no doubt. many years ago, like 20 years ago. No doubt. 15 years ago. Like <laughs> Long time. So, um, so um, the first time I met you, okay, was at the, um, it was at the. Uh, was I am a survivor I seminar. I am a survivor seminar. Yes. Okay. Um, and I remember you performing, and we'll talk about that piece a little later on because I got to hear it again. Okay. And this time it's on wax, so now I can go back and listen to it over and over and over again. But I remember you performing, and I thought, uh, I think you may, may have spoken before or after you performed, and I remember saying, uh, wow, she has a lovely voice. Thank you. Thank <laughs> no you. No doubt, no doubt. She has a lovely voice, and I got to get on the podcast, right? So how did you... Um, get involved with with that whole seminar uh i have known goddess fee for over a year now i met her um at oh god so open mic um the last concert cafe mm-hmm. and flow right was going to perform so she was uh working with flow right at that time and so i went up and performed and i didn't even stay for the flow right performance um, so that was the first time I met her. And then I met her again um, at Amoa Trees. Amoa Tree used to have a an open mic um, the first, I think, first and third Wednesday of each month. Um, and so we ran into each other again. And that's when I first learned about her seminar. But I was already booked the first year. Okay. And then when it came around again this past year, you know, a few months ago in the summer, um, she asked me about being on it. And that's how I got involved, you know, because she had heard some of my pieces. I have pieces about... Uh, being a survivor of domestic abuse. Um, so she was kind of touched by that piece and she wanted me to be on the show and basically share my story. That actually wasn't the piece. I don't remember doing that piece at um, at the I Am A Survivor Seminar. I might have, but um, then also I felt that there was a lot of other people suffering with other things, the fatherhood piece. No you doubt, know, no doubt. Kids that are suffering because of, of decisions their parents have made. And so I decided to do that piece um, because I wanted to shine light on that issue, which I think is a big problem in our community, mm. maybe more than other communities. Mm. Okay. Okay. And that's how you got involved with that. Yeah. So that's how I got involved with that. Okay. Okay. Because uh, like I said, like I've told you, I think I told you that day and I told you while we were getting ready for the episode, I just think that your voice was magnificent. Thank you. <laughs> you know Thank saying? you. And I and I say that because it was it was real soothing. Not only to hear you, a lot of times when I hear poets, their voices might crack or, or their voices might be too low or they might be timid in their performance, but your voice was just like without a microphone, it was just powerful. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, so I knew that I had to sit down with you one time and get on the podcast and, and for again, like I say, this is my continuing education. So what I mean by that is um I listen back to my projects over and over again and and pick and pull the gems that I want to utilize in my own journey to be able to better myself off. So I know that uh, this episode will be very enlightening for me in the future. Well, thank you. Well, actually, my voice is 
<laughs> where I got my nickname, actually, okay. um, I have a I have a piece I can do to kind of tell you that story if you want me to do it. Listen, this this podcast right. is all about the journey. So go ahead. Any story you got, okay. I, I just love to hear it. So um, I'll do this piece, but I got the nickname Zen back in college. Okay. And this is kind of the a story of that Zen part and then how the Ashe came about. Okay. Um, Good. You beat me to the point because I want to ask you where you got your name from. But yeah. you beat me to the point. Go ahead. Go ahead. My name is Zenashe, okay. and I will now unfold the story behind that name and the lessons that it holds. 20 years ago, I worked my way through college ed. Waitressing, I paid the bills three jobs in all. I bled. A day arrived so full of strife, coworkers craved the pill that kept a smile upon my face when they all wanted to kill. What are you on that gives you rest? I need some of your zen, they stressed. I smiled and just confessed. My faith is all I need. Fast forward 10 and once again a day arrived with rage and in the midst of chaos, others marveled at my grace. Hung around, embraced my calm, my total centeredness. Again, they intoned, Zen you be, but I did not see that in me until I embraced my destiny. I had to give in. It took me 20 years to see the purpose of my life, to calm and soothe and to inspire, to dim effects of strife. Ashe came next, a word that means so be it, like amen. Mm. Yoruba in origin, it bonds me to lost kin. Yet deeper still, like Shayla written in the Psalms, it means be still and meditate on what you read, ponder long. Yet even more, it means my words exhale with force. They live, they breathe, they change the world, they alter my own course. A writer and a poet, this name states my destiny to exhale living, breathing words that change humanity, that encourage people to consider truth and challenge them to grow because at the end of everything, self-knowledge must unfold. And so now you know my purpose and you understand my plan. You have just entered the state of Zen. Mm. Never be the same again. Mm. I think that's what it was about uh, about um, your poetry to me. It, it always sounds so like a conversation. Like you're just you're not you're not purposely performing. You're just talking, and and even in this poem right here, I'm just like I didn't even know where you started, but when you when you got into it, I'm like okay, she's she's now going because it just sounded like you were just talking at first. Yeah, some people have said that as a criticism of me, and then others have said that it makes it conversational and they feel a part of the poem. Yeah. So I guess there is good and bad in that, but. I'm a storyteller yeah. and, and I feel that poetry is storytelling. And um, so Zen came from the fact that people would come hang around me because they said, just talk to me. Yeah. Just talk to me. Just listening to you calms me down, <laughs> you know, and they would call me on the phone. I just, I just needed to hear your voice. Okay. I can go back to work now. <laughs> Whatever you were doing, you can go back to that. No doubt. So just, they would just need to, for some reason, my voice would calm people down um, I was doing a lot of mediating between like boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff mm. like that, trying to get people to come. So, so people started calling me Zen. Mm. I need to go hang around. I need to get some Zen, you know, Zen, Zen. So that's where Zen came from. My co-host, Kay Jones Hart, she says, I don't smoke anything. You know, she says, well, that's why you don't smoke anything. You are weed. Mm. She, she says that I have the same effect on her. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. that has on her, yeah. that I calm her down, that I yeah. mellow her out. So yeah. 
so that's where Zen came from. Um, so I've been called Zen for 25 years, mm. and uh, that's where Zen came from. So. And the Ashe part. And the Ashe, the you Ashe it, part came, came from, um, I've been on a journey to find out who I am as a black person mm-hmm. all my life, mm-hmm. but especially uh, the last four or five years, especially, it just became more important to me. I did have my DNA done. Yeah. Um, and then I ran across, I was actually on Facebook. I had made my name and I had my real name. Yeah. Cause then I say it's not my real name. I had my real name on Facebook, but teachers started getting in trouble for a lot of things like having a glass of wine in a picture or something yeah. like that. And I didn't yeah. want to have my real name out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I just put Zen and Facebook said, you need a last name. Mm. Well, I didn't want to put my real last name because it kind of seemed like that would defeat the whole purpose. And so I had been hearing Ashe, Ashe, Ashe a lot. You know, people say it all the time, like, amen, like, so be it, like, like, you know, yes, you know, right on, whatever. So I was like, Zen Ashe, that sounds real cool. I like that. Mm." And so that's that's where that came from. So actually, Facebook is kind of to blame for me coming up with a second name because I was just going to be Zen. (laughs) <laughs> and I had performed as Zen years ago, like three years ago. And then I took kind of a little hiatus. And then when I came back, I was in Ashe. Okay. You know, so. Okay. And it just, it was a lot more complete. It, it really encapsulated my whole journey um, into defining myself for yeah. myself. Yeah. I think as black people, we have to define ourselves for ourselves because if we let society define us, we won't fit a lot of roles, you know. Yeah. I would be the angry black woman. Yeah. You know, I would be the stereotypical single mother, yeah. the woman that can't keep a man. I would be a lot of things. That's not me. Yeah. So I have to define myself for myself. And so Ashe was kind of about defining myself for myself mm-hmm. and not being defined by what society would want to say or tradition or religion or age or anything. Just I'm going to define myself. So as Zen, Ashe, do you, uh, and versus your real name, do you feel like you filter all your poetry through that? Or do you write some things sometimes as your original name? And, or how do you, I do do both. Um, I, I publish, I publish nothing under Zen Ashe. Everything that I publish has been published under my real name, uh, Marlena Zen, it might be. And then John's, you know, so I've published, I don't know, 12, 13 things under that name. Um, I will prop my book will probably be published. I'm working on a book and mm-hmm. I've been kind of working on it on and off for a while. I haven't been consistent. I'm probably going to publish that under Zen Ashe because yeah. I'm probably going to sell that at my shows and things like that. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot of the pieces that I perform. Okay. You know, cause spoken word is very different from page poetry. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. So it's I've very heard. different. You know, you have spoken word has to have um, a rhythm, a cadence. It has to have a story. It has to have something that people can grab a hold to when they listen to it. Mm. Page poetry, they're reading it. So they don't have it doesn't have to have that same. It's a different it's a different. There are many pieces I've written. Mm. I can't perform them because they won't work. You know, and then there's some pieces that are much better for me to perform than they would be written because written you'd have to know the rhythm because it won't flow exactly the way you read like yeah. i'll send a piece to my sister and she'll say you got to read this to me because i 
<laughs> you know, yeah, she I can't, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's, they're two different people think that they would be the same, but they're not, they're not the same. Do they have the they're same power different. though? They do. They have, they have a lot of power. Words have a lot of power. Yeah. So, so creativity comes from experiences. Take, take me back to, um, what led you into becoming a spoken word artist? I never saw myself as a spoken word artist. I um, I was, a, like I said, a writer for ever since I was in elementary and started writing poetry a lot. Um, and then when I got married, I got away from it. Mm-hmm. I didn't write for a very long time. And um, then when I got divorced, I started writing again. But I was I went to a poetry show with seven. Actually, that was the first time that I actually got up and recited poetry. Uh, at the Sugar Hill Lounge mm. three years ago. And I didn't even think that I would ever be a spoken word artist. I thought that I would recite my poetry, never memorize it. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, I don't think I could ever do that. And she was like, why? It's your words. If you can memorize anything, you should be able to memorize your words. Mm. And when she said that, I was like, she's right. And then I had a a friend of mine who had a radio show at the time and a, a, a video, I guess a YouTube video that he did. And he said, you know, I would love to put you on, but you got to memorize your pieces. Mm. Mm. And so I was like, okay, all right. Mm. And so um, I went and memorized the first piece that I did, really short piece. Oh my gosh, so, so short. And I did that at where I told you I met Goddess Fee. I did that at uh, the last concert cafe. So I did three pieces there that I memorized, very first time that I memorized anything. And then I went again and I went to um, Poetry Lounge Sundays, which wasn't called Poetry Lounge Sundays at the time. It was at the Alley Cat. It was called something else. Mm. I think it was called Eats, Beats, and Poetry. Mm-hmm. And I performed there. And that was a really interesting experience because I got up on stage. Place is packed. There's no seats. It's hot. It's crowded. you know. And I get up on stage and there's beaming lights. And I look out and I'm talking and then I, I look out beyond the first two rows and it's absolutely black. I can see nothing. Mm. And it threw me off. Mm. I lost my line. <laughs> I totally lost the line and I made up something and I just kept going. And I, I called a friend of mine. I was like, I looked out in the audience. It was absolutely black. I lost a line. He said, go in your closet, close the door and practice in the dark. Mm. And I said, okay. And so now I do that. So now if that ever happens on stage again, I'll be fine because I stand and practice in the dark. Mm. You know, so it'll never throw me off again. But I didn't expect that. I didn't know that you could only see like 10 people and then the rest is just a sea of blackness. So that's the the things that you learn when you go on stage. It's very interesting. So that's kind of my journey to becoming a spoken word artist. And then... I was doing all these open mics and I was taking down a bunch of numbers, just networking. I don't know why, just because. And then I was at um, the Dollar Hookah Lounge and I was at a open mic, Peace, Poetry and Paint, uh, Naomi Love. And there were only like three artists that showed up. And the owner said, I like your poetry. Yeah. I want you to make a show for me. This open mic thing. There's only three people that showed up. I want to have a whole show. I want to have a flyer. I want to know who's going to be on the show. 
can you do that for me? And I said, give me a month. Mm. I didn't know anything about making a show. Never mm. made a show before. Didn't know who to make flyers. Didn't know a DJ. Didn't know anything. But a door opened. Mm-hmm. Why not walk through it? Yeah. And so I started talking to a bunch of people. And, you know, somebody referred me to Kay. And Kay referred me to Shasha Francis, who does my flyers. And she referred me to the first DJ I work with. And we put together a show. And it was really a blessing. I have to give God credit because every single person that was in my phone book that I talked to and asked to be on the show, every person said yes, except one. So we had a show of amazing artists. The very first time that we went out and did laughs and lyrics, it was an amazing show. The vibe was incredible. And I said, Oh my God, Oh my God, this is incredible. And, and I realized that the thing about my show Everybody has their own whatever they do. I don't put on a show to make money in a sense. I don't mm-hmm. put on a show to get famous. Yeah. I put on a show for an escape. My mantra is get zen, stay zen, spread zen. When I started doing, you said what was my journey to being a spoken word artist, I used to write to release stress. Yeah. And then it wasn't enough. There wasn't enough that page could do for me. I couldn't get enough out. And then I started performing because I felt all that energy coming from the audience. I felt that bond. And then that wasn't enough. Mm. But when I created that first show and I was seeing all of these artists that came together and we had this incredible unit that this unity that we created and the audience was involved and where people are hugging each other after the show and they're taking selfies. And it was like, it was like church. That's the, that's the closest thing I can explain it to. That's the closest thing I know to. And I had walked away from the church at that time. Cause I, it was not what I was going to church for. I wasn't getting. Yeah. And so I was like, this is my church. This is the feeling that I had when I was in church. I felt community. I felt oneness. I felt love. I felt, you know, bonding. I felt peace. Ooh, ooh, this is good. And so after that, I was like, okay. So I'm, I'm real particular about people that I'm on, that are on my show. I, you know, like, I'm open to a lot of different genres. It's not about the genre. It's not about what, you know, you do. It's about who you are. Mm-hmm. Are you authentic? Yeah. Cause when they bring that authenticness, that authenticity to the stage, that's when people connect. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're packaging yourself cause you think this is popular, yeah, then that's not real. You know, that's, it's the authenticity that, People can feel when it comes from the heart. People can feel when you really went through it. Yeah. You know, people can feel that journey. You know, it's it's uh and so that's what that's what my show is about. You yeah. know. You're and talking about the show you do currently. The show that I do currently, the show that I've we've done thirty six shows. We just did our thirty sixth show last night. So you do one every year every month? Every month, sometimes a couple of times a month. It just depends on 
Okay. If people request it. So roughly three yeah. years, but in between those three years, you may Well, have been... actually, I've been doing the show for 14 months. Okay. I started the show 14 months ago. I've been performing as a spoken word artist for three years. Okay. But I only started doing the show 14 months ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when so when I met you at um at um the uh, I Am Survivor seminar, mm -hmm. you were doing a piece based off of what? Oh, off of domestic violence. I think I did two pieces that time. I think I did do the domestic violence piece and the, the second piece that I did, the fatherhood piece. That was because poets inspire other poets. Yeah. You know, and I had heard I Am Jarrell do this piece about Sunday. Um, and it just, ah, it just hurt my heart so much. You know, and then I had heard Brother Malcolm do this piece about begging, begging, begging to see his son. Mm. And it just, oh, my gosh, I was sitting in the audience and I was just, you know, it just yeah. hurt. It mm. hurt so bad. And then Scott Free did a piece. Um, he did a piece that where he uses his finger as a gun and talks about his exes, you know, aiming at his heart and aiming at his heart and aiming at his heart and. I was like, oh, this keeps coming up. This keeps, I can't deal with it. Oh, Jesus. And so, um, so I, I left that last show and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't hear another piece about fatherhood. And, and, and so finally I was like, I got to say something. Yeah. I'm a woman. I've never, I don't even, and my son was going through it. My yeah. son was going through it too. Uh, and I saw I I had never really seen my son break down and just I mean sobbing 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 torn between wanting to give up mm. throwing the towel she says I ain't this and that I'm gonna show her you know you know all that and please 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 give me a chance let me see my son you know alternating back and forth back and forth not knowing what to do making rash decisions just being reckless being angry, acting out, just, I'm like, God, all of this, because he can't see his child, mm. you know? And so I was seeing it at home. Yeah, I was seeing it when I went out to yeah. these open mics. It was, it just was tearing me up. And I was like, okay, um, I have never heard a woman speak on this subject. Mm. Okay, since I keep seeing it and it's bothering the hell out of me, I'm going to have to write a piece. And, and I, I did, I sat down and wrote that piece and um, I performed at the improv. I performed it dozens of times since then. And I'll actually tell you a story about that piece. I was at HEB the other day. It's probably about a month ago. And there had been a young lady that uh, I walked up to, I walked up to our star in the produce section, you know, beautiful black sister. She's in her twenties, you know, nose pierced. She's wearing like a little half shirt, you know, and, mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know this girl. And I looked at her and I said, uh, I know you. You performed at my show. I had an open mic on the south side at the key. And she had asked if she could perform. She got up and played the guitar and she did this beautiful like song, Spanish English song. And I was like, I know you. You performed at my show. And she said, Yes, then. I said, Yeah. I don't remember her name. I didn't remember. I still don't remember her name. But she's then. And she hugs me and she goes, I was just telling my girlfriend about you. I was like, really? She said, I got to tell you a story. You know, uh, you did that piece 
fathers are not disposable. She remembered the title of the piece. I said, yeah. She said, I was in the audience and I realized that I had treated my father like he was disposable. Mm. And she said, I hadn't talked to my father in 19 years. Mm. And when I left that, that show, it was like 11 o'clock at night. She said, I called that bastard up. <laughs> and I was like, really? She was like, yeah, we talked for hours and we went out to lunch the next day and I have a relationship with my father because of your poem. Mm. And I felt really humbled. I was like, wow, you know, it was a beautiful thing. You know, I felt really touched. The power of words, you know, they can yeah. they can knock down barriers, right? Yeah. You don't even For know sure. who's in the audience. For sure. For sure. Yeah. What would that poem sound like? Because I'm ready to hear it. Okay. <laughs> Fathers are not disposable. I heard a poet say his favorite day was Sunday because he got to see his son only one day before his ex disappeared and left him no day. Heartbroken, son stolen, he had to move on to just another day. I heard a poet say his wrongs loud and strong and transparent humility as he begged, pleaded, cried, just let me see my son. I heard another say his ex's words were weapons with one target, his heart, a heart she coldly tore apart as she took aim at his most precious part, his connection to his children. Too many fathers wounded by too many women scorned. And this single mother's come to say that this shit's gone on too long. There seems to be a fallacy that needs to be laid to rest, that single mothers own all the rights to the children they possess. Are you crazy or just stupid or so blind you cannot see? Fathers are not disposable, but as necessary as maternity, they are not human condoms that leaked and need discarding. They are not wallets just for withdrawing. They are not convenient babysitters when we mothers want to break. They're equal genetic partners in a child that God has made. A mother owes her child the best chance at love and life. And whether that man broke your heart or never made you wife is irrelevant. Let me repeat. It doesn't matter a bit. He can be a great father and a lousy spouse. He can co-parent and not live in your house. He's not worthy just when he obeys. He's worthy because there's a dad sized space. Mm in the heart of every child that a mother cannot fill. I'm not talking about abusers, but a true father's will. My father did not know for sure my sire, but he stepped up to the plate. His one desire to give all his maybe child required. My son's father abandoned them, but I was super mom. I moved right along. My sons don't need a man until I saw them latch on with vice grips to my new boyfriend mm. their need for male energy so apparent i vowed to never subvert that current a father's love is not a mother's touch it's not a woman's words it's not a stage to rush through it's an ingrained portion that leaves deep wounds so selfish mothers dig two tombs one for the love that has died and one for the child you are depriving Pregnancy should have taught you this. For that child, everything is risked. Your pride, your whims, your self-centered pleas should take a back seat 
to that child's needs. And he should not hear you tear part of him down when you say his father's a bitch or a clown. And she should not hear lies told in vengeance and spite just because you won't grow up and do what's right. Killing a father-child bond should be heresy, but it happens too often. And that should not be. So as one single mother to the others, don't deny your child a good father. Without that father, your child would not be. So let bygones be history and admit what should be obvious to see. Fathers are vital, crucial, and necessary. Fathers are not disposable. Damn. Because <laughs> I, I remember sitting in the stage. I, I, I came to that show um, in support of... Uh, in support of Shawnee, because Shawnee had hit me and she was like, "Hey, can you um, press me some clothes?" And so I came to this show in support of her, and I didn't know that Neodorize was performing as well. And um, um, and when I heard that poem, the only thing that I could think of is uh, on the reverse end. Um, my wife and I are married. We've been married now for uh, two years, and we had a kid earlier this year that he he uh, didn't make it. So. I thought about that and I was like, wow, I mean, uh, not deprived of it, but never given a chance. And so when I uh, when I heard that poem, I was just like, yeah, that 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 that's deep because I was never given a chance. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just I was just that poem. I See, and for me, I want to ask you in the next second um, how it is you go about memorizing, because when I've written poems before, the process of retaining it is something that I just have not mastered. So all the things that I've written in the past, I just, you know, they I'm I would consider myself now at this very moment a page poet instead of a a a, a spoken word artist because it just takes me so long to memorize everything. Even when I'm rehearsing for lines, it takes me forever. Lyrics to songs, it takes me forever. But in hearing that poem, I was just like, if there's a way that I could I could record it. And just have it forever <laughs> to listen to it, to give it along to people that I know need it. You know what I mean? Because there's so many people that that should hear it, but never will get a chance to hear it. So I said to myself, if she comes on the podcast when she does, right? Because I remember after the show, I, I you know, getting out of my shell, thinking that you know people should, you know, I'm I'm, I'm John Ross the first. I, you know, people should you know approach me. When they say, I'm all this, I'm all this, I was like, nah, I got to go over and speak to her, shake her hand, um, um, introduce myself and ask her and tell her about the podcast and see if she'll come on and do that very piece. And and yeah, oh, thank but, you. Yeah, no doubt. That was, I love the poem. Thank you. I love thank it. You. <laughs> I love okay, it. Okay, so how do I memorize? Um, first thing I do is I print out the poem. Um, I, I, I write a lot on my phone. Okay, as do I. And so I cut and paste the poem into a Word document and I print it out. And then I underline all the words that to me are really impactful. They're, they're going to be beats. They're going to be my stopping points when I'm memorizing the mm. poem. And then um, I read it several times, you know, just read it aloud several times. Um, but the, the thing that has worked best for me, the two things that's worked best for me, and it's, I'm laughing because it's going to sound kind of funny, but I take that print out in the kitchen and I recite the poem while I cook. Because mm. you're going to sit there and cook for 30 minutes to an hour a lot of times mm. and you keep saying it again and again. Many times by the time I finish cooking something, I will have memorized that poem. Really? Because I will have said it 
10 to 15 times over and over and over again. Yeah. Another thing I do, I put a easy voice recorder on my phone yeah. and it's compatible with my Bluetooth and my car. Yeah. So what I do uh, a lot of times is I'll hit play. Um, I used to have this wonderful, this wonderful radio where I could hit play on the actual, you know, screen there yeah. and it would work. Now I have to actually hit it on my phone and it goes through the Bluetooth, but I'll hit play and then I'll let it do autoplay, you know, where it'll keep going and I'll yeah. be reciting it while I'm driving. So driving to work, driving home for me is almost an hour. Yeah. So if I, if I say the poem, that whole drive there, that whole drive back, by the time I, I I've memorized it, yeah. that's an hour of practicing. But then I still practice in the mirror. I still practice as I told you a lot of times in the closet just to get, is the difference between memorizing it and being able to deliver it naturally. Yeah. You know, memorizing it is just the first step. Then you have to get more natural. To me, you have to get more natural with um, delivering it, you know, once you have it memorized. Yeah. So it still takes a little more practice. And usually even the first time I perform it, sometimes it's really smooth and sometimes it's perfect. And other times it's, it's not as smooth as I want it. Yeah. You know, normally it takes like that second or third time before it's super smooth and I'm, you know, really comfortable with the piece. Yeah, yeah your poetry so. just, it just seems so, it doesn't seem like you're performing at all. And I think that's the thing I like about it. It doesn't seem like you're performing. It seems like as long as you can speak eloquently, then you could do poetry like you do it. Like I could do it like you do it if I spoke as eloquently in my, I guess, in another time or space or whatever. Well, thank you. You know, one of the things that I have felt is a compliment. Other people might not take it that way. I've done open mics all over the place and I've had a lot of people come up and say, I don't like poetry, but I like your shit. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. I don't, that's not poetry. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I don't know what yeah. that means i just know that it touches them and then i've had other like i've had two comedians who um are on my show mm -hmm. and have been on my show multiple times and they will say i'm a comedian but i started writing poetry because of zen so i'm gonna perform a piece for you guys mm -hmm. and they'll read it off their phone and it'll be it'll be good i mean they'll be you know they're like i didn't even think I could write any poetry until I came to one of Zen shows and, and I was, and they were like, I got some shit to say too. I yeah. want to tell people, you know, and yeah. they start. And um, that's, that to me is wonderful too, because poetry should be for everybody. Mm. Not to say that everybody needs to perform, but everybody should be able to take whatever they're going through and, and write about it, mm. you know, and, and cause it's healing. It's, it's release. You know, and in the black community, we definitely need healthy releases. We keep too much stuff bottled up. We don't yeah. talk enough yeah. about meaningful things. Yeah. And we don't always deal with our emotions very well. You yeah. know, and I so agree. I agree. So um, I was really happy. I felt it was a great honor for those two. Po I mean, those two. I call them poets. They were poets at that moment <laughs> for those two comics to perform poetry at my show for the ver very first time. And the fact that they felt comfortable, that's another thing that I really feel blessed. You know, at my shows, um, people feel comfortable being vulnerable. Mm. 
you yeah. know, they feel comfortable really opening up to the audience, open up to the other artists and just, you know, saying their truth. And so that's a beautiful thing too, because we don't have enough spa safe spaces in the world. Yeah. You know, it's when you find a safe space, you got to treasure that thing. Cause I don't know very many. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a beautiful thing when people say, you know, I feel so safe here. I feel like I can be myself, let my hair down. I could say this or that. And so that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I heard you mention, um, educate were you were you at one time an educator i still am what do you what do you teach at i'm in the aldean district okay yeah so you did you graduate from high school out there are you from mm. that side of town are you from this side of i town? grew up on the south side i moved to the north side when i got married and uh i went to school in hisd what high school I went to Lamar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then I started teaching in Aldean. Well, actually, I did my student teaching at Hamilton Middle School years okay. ago, 20-something years ago. And then I've been in Aldean ever since. What do you teach? Yeah. I teach English. English. Yeah. Okay. Was that your major in college? My major was English, yes. Okay. I started off as a business major. Yeah. Wasn't for me. <laughs> 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 but I ended up. Being an entrepreneur, my mom laughed, you know, I started my business. She had been trying, my mom has sold everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. Amway, Avon, Mary Kay, lingerie, yeah. Tupperware. If it can be sold, my mom sold it. Yeah. And she would always try to get me into it. And yeah. I told her, I'm not a salesman. Uh -huh. And I am now. Yeah. And when I told her I started a business, she goes, ah, it was inevitable. Yeah. It's in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was quite hilarious you know <laughs> God has a sense of humor yeah I told that woman for you know like 25 years I was not a salesman and you know yeah. now I have shirts and merch and no shows and all no. the stuff no doubt um what song's on your mind what song is on my mind um when you said that earlier I was thinking the song what's going on Marvin okay. Gaye Marvin Gaye okay yeah Okay. Any particular reason? I think there's always so much going on and I think people are overwhelmed with everything that's going on. I think that's why we need escapes more than ever. Yeah. Because of everything that's going on. Yeah. 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 Um and uh I had uh I recently um walked into a Ryan Leslie interview. And I remember um, when, when Ryan Leslie was out back in the day uh, with the whole Diamond Girl and everything, I remember that me and my brother were huge fans of his. We were like, we just loved the way he produced everything, everything he, because we found out he was a Harvard graduate. And so the, the move into music and how he monopolized the game for that short period of time and publicly, we were just fascinated by it. So um, I recently walked into his interview again, and I'm going to say Never Gonna Break Up is one of the songs. But then talking to you, um, uh, I'm going to go off the um, um, Black Star album. I'm going to do it. I said this one time, but uh, Knowledge of Self, Determination. I get that vibe. When I'm sitting here talking to you, you mentioned something earlier, and it just triggered when I when you said something earlier about uh, knowing yourself or Zen, whatever, however you worded it. I thought about that song, Knowledge Yourself, Black okay. Star. So um, a businesswoman, 
Why do you think it uh, it was important to um, get merchandise, sell clothes, merch, and all of that? Why did you dive into that? Um, actually, there was. I'm sorry, and mm -hmm. the reason why I said it is because I think that the the easiest way to market anything mm -hmm. is visually, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, and wearing a shirt or you know um, just mainly clothes just wearing a shirt is the easiest way so i know why i do it i'm just interested to hear why why you would do it as well well i actually hadn't thought about it uh at first mm -hmm. um i was just doing the show and i was really happy with the show and then um there was a a woman who was vending at my show uh darcy cole and she actually brought a shirt that said laughs and lyrics on it and mm -hmm. she had made the shirt as a gift for me mm -hmm. And I was, I was like, wow. So I got a couple more from my co-host and her mom. And then I thought I could sell these. Mm. And then when I came up with the, the mantra for my show, Last and Lyrics, you know, get Zen, stay Zen, spread Zen. I wanted that on a shirt because, you know, first off it encapsulated the whole mission of everything I was doing. And I wanted people to take that with them. You know, mm -hmm. get zen, get focused, find those those safe spaces, mm -hmm. find those places where you feel at peace. Find your community, find your tribe, find your village, you know, and then stay zen. You got to you got to like you were talking about, you know, running 2 miles, 3 miles. You know, mm -hmm. you got to find those rituals that help you feed yourself, whether it's going to church, praying, reading great books, listening to affirmations, you know, being around like-minded people, you got to stay in, mm -hmm. you know, and then you got to spread it mm -hmm. because it's not just for you. Yeah. You're, you know, we all were put here to be a positive influence in the world. So, and then I was thinking, you know, how much more of an impact there could be people just going on the web and they see that shirt and they get the message and they've never seen the show. Yeah. They're like, I can understand what that's saying. Yeah. Even though I've never been to Laughs and Lyrics. I don't even know who Zenashe is, but I can get that shirt and I, I can be about that. And so that's kind of where that idea came from that I could put out merchandise that had a positive message that reminded people of um paths that they could take in life that would be positive paths yeah. that would be actually impactful to our society mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where my goal for merch had come that i wanted to put out merch that uplifted the culture you know black culture the artistic culture the culture of thinking you know we have a lot of non-thinkers today yeah no doubt and uh i want people to think i want them to reflect i want them to reflect on their wellness yeah Am I, am I whole? Mm -hmm. Am I taking good care of myself? Mm -hmm. You know, and we are so busy sometimes making a living, paying bills, running errands. Mm -hmm. We don't think about how we are until we have a heart attack or a stroke or whatever. Something yeah. ca catastrophic happens. So I want people to stop and kind of think about you know, are you taking care of you? Yeah. I also think that um, with the whole merch thing, I think that when you get to a point in your career where you acquire uh, or attain, I should say, 
um, a following. I think that a lot of people like to be as close as possible as the people to the people that they follow. And so um, if that is that that artist is doing something, they they find themselves always wanting to be a part no matter what, support no matter what. And I think sometimes that merch too uh, brings the uh, buyer, the consumer, a little closer to the creator in terms of, uh, hey, I bought this shirt and there's a likelihood that he or she would wear this shirt and um, just brings me a little closer to that person, my fan, or, or rather my um, favorite artist or whatever whatever have you. So I think that merch does that as well. And I think, you know, sometimes you just, when you realize it, like prime example, I can only imagine for you, you've created a show and then it just, you just start to broaden out. You start to say, okay, well, I've created this show, what's next? Or what else, what else can I do in this show? What else can I do to not only just expand my brand, but maybe even generate a couple of dollars here or there to uh, make it, you know, to reap the benefits of my. Um, well, you know, you said, what else can I do? Um, I believe, and from the beginning, I've always believed this, that everything is connected. Um, so on the show, we've had single releases. We've okay. had album releases. We yes. had a book signing. Yes. We had a fashion show. Yeah. We had Pure Justice come out and do basically a little five-minute, if you have a record, you have been charged with something, we're going to have a free clinic with legal aid. We can possibly tell you if you can get your record expunged. Mm -hmm. Come on out, X date, X place. Anybody, anybody you know, family, friends, relatives, we want everybody there so that we can try to get as many people um, you know, helped with their records or criminal records as possible. So we've done that. We've done a coat drive. We've done a blanket drive. We did a reach outreach to the homeless. We did what else? Toy drive. Um, I'm leaving some stuff out. You know, we did a bunch of stuff yeah. through music, comedy, and poetry. Yeah. You know, you have a platform. It's a platform. That's all it is. It's a platform. So, um, I see people doing all kinds of different things in the community and I want them to come. I want them to tell people what they're doing yeah. and you know, I can help you. I had a realtor come and talk to the audience, you know, about, um, home ownership and, you know, home ownership and all that. And so again, there's life and life has many aspects. And mm -hmm. so we can do, edutainment oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know we can yeah. have a little five minute edutainment in there along with our poetry comedy and music um and so that's definitely been something that i've wanted to do and last year um when nipsey hustle was killed mm. that was a really 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 hard time for me because my son was shot mm. you know just the the year before that no it was two years before that and I could only imagine what his mother and his family was going through because Nipsey Hussle and my son could be brothers, just their facial, you know, mm. everything. I, when I saw those pictures, I was like, and I had never really looked at him that way, but seeing, you know what I'm saying, him in that situation, it just brought back all of those days and, um, you know, in the 
emergency room and in the hospital room and all the days of recovery when they said my son wouldn't walk again mm. he might have a colostomy bag and all these things. I mean God blessed us so much he doesn't have anything any yeah. of those problems yeah but um it bothered me also that people were coming out and saying all these wonderful things about him after he's dead yeah and so um I just couldn't, I turned off the social media. I turned off the TV. I didn't want to hear any more about it. And then it kept bothering me, it kept bothering me. And I said, you know what? We have a lot of black men that do so many amazing things and nobody says a thing. Mm. And I said, well, okay, I have a platform. I'm gonna say something. So I put out a call on social media for people to nominate uh, black men, local men. We had like 14 areas. It was like Conroe, Spring, Pasadena, Houston, Missouri City, Pearland, just a bunch of different areas around Houston. Lo you know, to nominate an artist, an entrepreneur, an activist, and an educator. So there were four mm. categories. Mm. And uh, we only got, what was it? We got 14 nominations. I was kind of pissed. Mm. I was mad. <laughs> 14 <laughs> nominations yeah. in about, maybe about a month. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine. And then we did the voting and uh, we had the award show for the male luminaries. And you were actually nominated for <laughs> an award. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that um, Neota Rise told me that. Shout out to her, uh, my Virgo sister. She told me that. And, uh, and I was just like, I remember hearing that and I was like, oh my God. I was like, finally. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I mean, people give you, you want to be recognized like that once or twice in your life. When she told me that I didn't, I, that, I think that was the first time that I read your name because I went looking for it. I was like, where, where, where? I want to see my name. Where, where, where? And um, uh, I think that was the first time that I saw Zen Ashe, and I didn't know who. I didn't have the picture of the of the of the person to mm -hmm. associate that name with. But uh, I remember um, Neodorize told me that, and I was like, I was just excited. I was just like, I remember telling my wife, I kind of was like butterflies inside, like, oh wow, I've been nominated for something outside of a uh, school. So yeah, and. I wanted to give you this. So oh. this is a certificate, oh, man. you know, for oh, your man. nomination for you know, I, oh, yeah. a oh, luminary yeah. entrepreneur, oh, 2019. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really do. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna frame this and put it up in the wall in my classroom to let the kids know it's possible. Awesome, and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I really, really do. I um, like I said, I mean. Um, I don't think I could make it, and I haven't made it to a show of yours um, yet, but I just remember thinking, man, finally. I mean, you know, uh, I'm on this journey, I've been on this journey for so long trying to uh, write my own fate, you know, make my own way, because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a college educated and all my parents are college educated, but uh, my parents, uh, they believe that... Uh, continuing education, being a doctor and a lawyer, um, an accountant, a pharmacist, that's that's a, that's what success looks like. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can remember thinking back, being uh, uh, somebody, one of the black kids that won a hoop, 
you know, and regretting to this day not playing football in high school and just thinking if I had taken it seriously that my father was just like, hey, learn to play the piano, um, how much music would come to mean to me later on in life if I had taken it seriously and, and, and tried to do something other than sports. I could be further along now, but, uh, you know, I just, I just really think that uh, this is my journey. This is my path, my purpose. And so, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, and so, and then, and then moving along forward, just wanting to be acknowledged for the grind. Like I know I like, I love to hear now that people like, I don't even know how to react when people say, man, you know, another episode, man, you know, you're consistent. Mm -hmm. And I remember back in the day with the previous company, just, uh, almost being like a little envious that I saw consistency in everybody else. If I can, like, I, I hear a lot of people say I'm getting off of social media is too, it's, I can't stop, you know, comparing. I really don't compare like that on social media because my journey is my journey and I never know what somebody else went through to be able to get to that point. But uh, I know that, you know, in, in being an entrepreneur and wanting to put a project out to continue the journey on, not being able to do that, was one of the things that was just like the the knife in my back. It was just like, damn, how do I be more consistent? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and and, and you know, you find that you know, even in pressing t-shirts, creating a podcast, it's always somebody you got to go through to uh, be able to further on your brand. And yeah, man, I just uh, I'm appreciative when I look at this. I'm like, man, finally, fruits of your labor. <laughs> well, um, the tagline for the show was black men blaze yeah and it was uh you know black men of excellence yeah people men who were doing positive things in the community that were inspiring people and um there was a shirt created this is actually the female version of it mm -hmm. um you can kind of see her being empowered yeah she's kind of surrendering to a purpose greater than herself the male version has you know Mm -hmm. We all know the fist, yeah. but it's kind of his hand is turned and he's actually holding a flame, yeah. almost like the male Statue of Liberty kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's playing on that that image of, you know, power, you know, especially black power. But also the idea that this says uh, lit to transmit mm -hmm. a fire to inspire a light to ignite luminous. Mm -hmm. So we all are lights. We mm -hmm. all inspire people. We all can light a fire under people. Mm -hmm. Um, and enlighten them. So there's a lot of light imagery, you know. Of course, as a poet, I'm all about metaphors and stuff. And so, <laughs> so there's a lot of metaphors in there. But so that's what it meant by being luminary. You know, yeah. a luminary is someone who who gives light, yeah, and inspires and um, is passionate. Yeah. They're they're on fire for whatever they're doing, yeah. and so. Um, you know, we're going to do it again this year. Okay. You know, we'll have uh, the male show around uh, Father's Day. Okay. And, you know, nominations will be going up about a month before then. So people can start thinking about, you know, who they would want to nominate. And, and, and we want more than 14 people nominated this time. And people would know to nominate or people would know to make their nominations how? Just I'm going to be putting out. Uh, we used a Google form last year. Okay. Basically, they had to click certain things. They had to click like where this person lived, put their social media, put a little paragraph about why they deserve to be recognized. What are they doing in the community? So there were questions that they kind of had to answer. There was a little paragraph kind of 
box that they could fill up. Um, And basically we sent um, a notification out to everybody that was nominated and um, for them to send a picture so that we could create a second Google form after all the nominations came in after the deadline. And then we had voting online, like for the women, we had over 8,000 votes come in and we had over, yeah, we had over uh, 40, we had 43 women total nominated and over 8,000 votes for the men. Again, (laughs) it was like 800 votes. It was like the women just blew you got, but it was the women we did second. So there was the fact that it was, we did the men um, on Malcolm X Day, May 19th, and then we did the women um, around Father's Day. So it was a month later. So there had been a lot of buzz, and that probably contributed to there being more turnout for the women. But, um, yeah, I wanted the men to have more uh, participation yeah. than we did. But um, mm. it was still a beautiful thing. And I, I remember at the show, you know, we did a full awards show with poetry, comedy, and music. We had the winners came up, come up and we gave them a trophy and everything. And they, I am, as you put this out there, sponsors. Mm. Um, I would like to be able to give gifts to every nominee. Mm. I would like companies to come up and say, you know, I would like to donate shirts or a gift certificate or, you know, a cash prize or whatever, whatever. We're not going to turn it down, you know? So, um, we are going to be looking for sponsors to come up and, and, and want to, and we did a full color brochure, Mm -hmm. you know, had all the pictures of the nominees on it, had all the sponsors. Um, so you will be getting, credit during the show you'll be getting credit through the um through the brochure i'll be posting your information you know all of the sponsors information so people can find out more about what you do because we want to support local business but we want to we want local business to support people in the community that are doing positive things you know so um so i definitely am looking for sponsors we'll be looking also for vendors to vend at the show um so but it was it was a beautiful thing at the show because you said it. There was an artist at the show, and um, I was doing, you know, I was doing a lot of the hosting during that show. But mm. he actually went into the back with the caterer, and she came up to me afterwards and she said, um, "You know, after you gave him a certificate, you know, he was just back there in the back with me, and he was just trying to pull himself together." Yeah. Cause he said nobody ever mm. had said thank you or mm-hmm. you know I appreciate what you're doing mm-hmm. what you're doing matters mm-hmm. and he was like he just was holding it and looking at the certificate like he didn't even know what to make of it mm-hmm. and uh, on the one hand that was beautiful and on the other hand I was like God damn yeah. How do we let people get to this point where they've been doing this stuff for years and years and years and nobody has ever said, you're doing a good job. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no doubt. You know, how, how sure. do we how do we do that? For sure. And it just it, it kind of bothered me because I'm like, we got to do better as a as an artistic community, as a black yeah. community. We're so quick to point fingers when people do something wrong Yeah. and and drag them through, you know, and say all kinds of hateful things. But then. The people that are doing things right, we just expect them to do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And everybody wants to be appreciated, even if it's just a certificate. 
even if it's just a, a hand clap, a standing ovation, yeah. something, yeah. yeah, you know, to say you are seen. Yeah, for sure. We see you. For sure. You know, and we, we, we recognize that you don't have to do what you're doing. Yeah. You're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing it to be a positive impact. Yeah. And so it was a beautiful thing to be able to do that and to see the impact because, you know, when we did the man, the men's show, it was much smaller than we did the women's show. Oh my gosh. The women were crying. Mm. And um, it, it, I was like, this, <laughs> this is beautiful. But yeah. you know, these are some of those women were fifty years old, yeah, older than me, yeah. and nobody had ever said anything nice to them about what they were doing, and they had been doing this stuff for longer than I've been, you know, doing anything, yeah, you know, and it, it just, and I didn't know, I knew it when Nipsey Hussle died, I knew it, but I didn't really know it when you see somebody breaking down over a certificate, yeah. Mm. <sighs> You know, yeah. it, giving it's, them their flowers when they can smell them. Yeah, it it just. I'm trying to keep it together as the host of the show, and they making me want to just bawl and cry because I'm like, we got to do our people better than this. We yeah. got it. We got to tell them that we love them. Yeah, they matter. Yeah, you know. And it was it was um, I I was I felt so humbled. You know, and I felt so blessed to be able to do that. Um, but I definitely want to do more this year. I want to be able to 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 do nicer things for these people, because, like I said, seeing seeing what happened just with the little that we were able to do, yeah. you know, I know that now that we have more time and we have uh, a little more. I guess you could say knowledge about what we're trying to do. Yeah. You know, I want it to definitely be bigger and better um, and just make this, you know, maybe one day we'll be on BET Awards doing like a black girls rock thing, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. and having, having it televised, but just to, just to say thank you, yeah. to say thank you to people. It's important. It's important to say thank you. Yeah. Houston, Texas, this is what I want to do. I want to insert this clip. Uh, we'll be right back. You're watching episode number 44 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Peace and blessings. What's going on, y'all? I hope everybody's blessed. It's a beautiful day to simplify some mathematics for you. My name is John Ross Dyke I, and what I'll be doing on this new playlist is basically simplifying some steps. I wanted to come in and introduce myself as to just posting a video with no kind of formal introduction, okay? I teach math at Walter High School. That's a school here in Houston, Texas, all right? So if you're watching this outside of the great state of Texas, know that I'm an educator by day and a podcaster, actor by night, all right? This is my channel, the Still Visionary Inc. channel, but this playlist is entitled Simplified Steps, all right? So uh, uh, whatever you do, subscribe, all right? Subscribe. Uh, tell a friend, especially if they're struggling in math, to check out my Simplified Steps playlist on my Still Visionary Inc. channel. Hey, and get ready to learn some math, all right? What you can do during this video is if you have any questions, go ahead and post the questions underneath the comment section of the video, right? You can stop the video, 
rewind it, stop it again, rewind it, and just ask me any other further questions that you would like me to explain, all right? I'm going to strictly stick to Algebra 1 and Algebra 2 for right now, okay? Calculus, I have to brush up on. Geometry, cool, I can do a little geometry. Pre-cal stats, I've got to brush up on. But predominantly, Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and Geometry, some pre-algebra, I got you. I'm your guy. So if you have anybody that needs any kind of math help, refer them to Simplified Steps. Peace and blessings. Uh, Houston, Texas, uh, we're back. Um, Zenashe, today, well, this is episode number 44. And as a math educator, because I teach math um, Monday through Fridays and we're on Christmas break now, I think the number 44, it's a composite number. It's divisible by 22, 11, 4, and 2. Um, I also think the number 44 represents President Barack Obama. Right. Um, this is this being episode number 44 today being December the 22nd, 2019. We have nine days left before the ball drops. What do you hope to attain in nine days? Well, um, I have done so much this year. I want to really reflect on everything that I've done this year. And I want to try to set up next year the best way I can to amplify what I've been able to do this year. Like I already mentioned that we're going into uh, getting ready for the luminary awards for the mm -hmm. men and the women. Um, I want to get those Google forms and things set up. I want to get the event bright set up. I want people to already start buying tickets. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get sponsors lined up. Mm -hmm. um, I want to, so I want to start getting all that together, getting, you know, artists together for the show and, and start preparing that. Um, I'll be a vendor. Awesome. I'll be a vendor. Awesome. Be a vendor. I want to, you know, I want to relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, this year has been a whirlwind <laughs> of so many things. Yeah. Um, I want to reflect on this year. I want to sit down and really think about, write it down. You know, write down everything that I've actually accomplished. Because sometimes we don't take stock mm. of where we are and where we've been. Um. I had my 36th show yesterday yeah. and it was one of the most incredible shows that I've ever done because we did winter solstice. Yeah. I've never done winter solstice before. We had a drum circle. We had the burning of the sage yeah. and uh, we had libations yeah. to the ancestors and it was beautiful to say I am because they were. Yeah. I can only be because they were. Yeah. Yeah. I owe whatever I accomplished to the people that came before me. No doubt. No and doubt. I stand, there was a quote, I think my Angela said it, I stand on the shoulders of greatness. Mm -hmm. So whatever I accomplish, I have to give credit to everybody that came before me, my mother, my father, my grandparents, they're all gone, you yeah. know. And then all of the people that sacrifice, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Maya Angelou and yeah. all the people that couldn't do what we're doing right now. Yeah. They couldn't do this. Yeah. Something as simple as talking. Yeah. There was no space for them to do this. Yeah. Nobody would let them do this. And to just, you know, be so grateful that we can create our art and our merch and go out there and say our truth. Yeah. And so 
I definitely want to take stock of, of, of everything I've accomplished and, and just always be so mindful that I owe, I owe, mm. I owe a debt, you know, to the children that are coming. No doubt. And to the people that already left. No doubt. And I cannot be selfish. Mm. You know, I have to always be mindful that I owe. And that's not a burden. That's a joy because I get strength from those two. I get strength from looking at the children that are coming and the potential that they have. And I definitely get strength from looking backwards and seeing what they, I mean, if my ancestors could survive the middle passage and I don't, I don't have nothing to complain about, Yeah, you know, as hard as life can be sometimes. And I'm not trying to minimize the fact we all have struggles. We all have struggles and pain and, and tragedy, but we come from greatness. No doubt. We come from greatness. And so I just want to, in this last nine days, I really want to more than any time before, I really want to think about, you know, what I've accomplished, where I want to go and just honor, you know, the people that are before me and the people that are behind me, yeah. you know, so that I am, uh, what I should be to yeah. the best of my ability. I'm just a human being, but to the best of my ability, I'm trying to honor yeah. those two groups, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I ask that question often, well, not often, but all the time on the podcast, what do people hope to attain in the remaining days in 2019? But in this very moment, I'm reminded that uh, this is the end of the decade. Yeah. And in nine days, we start a new decade. Yes. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I think that's an, an important question to visualize and begin to really ponder on what to what what do you hope to attain in nine days and so i've just been doing that for the past couple of years just counting the days down hoping to attain something that i didn't have at the beginning of the year so um there's a young lady following your steps you mentioned paying forward and paying backward but there's a young lady who's uh following in your steps um gets word of your poetry gets word that you're an educator but um is just now starting her journey Okay, well, whatever that journey is, it could be entrepreneurship. It could be just um, starting a platform to tell her truth and get the truth of others. Um, what bit of advice are you going to give her to have her be successful in that? I think the word success is a very tricky thing. Okay. I think that first you have to define what success is for you. No doubt. There are many shows out there. Somebody yeah. asked me what, what makes my show different. So what I would say to her is, first off, figure out who you are and stay true to that. Yeah. You don't need to compete with anybody. Yeah. Because even though there are many, many shows out there, my show isn't about poetry, comedy, and music. Yeah. That's a tool. My show is about escape. Yeah. My show is about connection. My show is about inspiration and reflection. So if I get people to come and they have escaped from their daily life and been inspired and connected and feel a wonderful vibe, I've succeeded. If I didn't make a single dollar on that show, I've still succeeded. 
Now, by somebody else's definition, I might have failed. That's not my definition. So I think everyone, especially people starting out, you have to define what success is for you. What is going to make you happy? What is going to make you feel like you've accomplished? And it may not be. Somebody might say $150,000 is accomplishment. Somebody else might say $50,000 is accomplishment. Who's right? Both of them. Yeah. Somebody might say having enough to pay my bills is accomplishment. Somebody else might say that's not even living. That's just survival. It's about what you need to make you happy. And so I would say to her, get crystal clear as much as you can, because the answer is going to change as you grow. The answer is going to change. Your boundaries should expand. No doubt. But starting out What is success for you right now? What do you want to accomplish right now? And then focus on that. And then when you get that, move the, and before you get it, let me even say that before you get it, when you see it's right there, set another goal. Cause the worst thing that can happen is you get what you want and then there's nothing to look forward to and you feel let down. Yeah. Because what now, what do I do now? Yeah. So you always have to have that next thing. You always have to have, you know, the next piece of merchandise, the next show, the next connection you want to make. I want to connect with five entrepreneurs. I want to get a sponsor for every show. I want to get more vendors, whatever it is, you know, for you. Because I just had an incredible show. The show is over. Yeah. Now I've got, Three shows I'm planning, you know what I'm saying? So you always have to have that um, forward motion because that's how you always feel alive. If you just, if you have that one goal and you don't have anything past that, as soon as you get it, you know what, you you have no, you feel a letdown, you know? So, so that's what I would say to her is, is don't, don't care what other people say success is. Define it for yourself. Constantly be setting goals. And pat yourself on the back when you earn those goals, when you get there. Even if it doesn't look the way you expected it to look. Yeah. Sometimes success doesn't look the way you expected it to look. You know? Um, so you have to you have to take success as it comes and and see that it has so many different flavors and and varieties that's what i would say and and just find joy enjoy the journey be balanced you know there's a lot of things i could say yeah i i can't let this episode end um without a few things okay who are your top um three and if you could stretch it past three who are your top three spoken word artists and or poets hmm I can't let this episode in without asking you that. Wow. Um, I will say um, Kanai is one that I think is an amazing performer and an amazing host. Um, Midas Touch is one of the most um, charismatic poets that uh i have ever met um yours truly has some of the best metaphorical poems that i have 
ever, ever heard. He has a poem called Water That Will Blow You Away. Mm. Just incredible. Mm. Um, Scott Free is uh, beyond words. And um, these are these are all Houston. These are all Houston. Okay, so you, you um, give me a Houston list. Give me a, um, I guess a, let's say celebrity list as well of poets. Well, I'll finish up the last two okay, that were on my ahead, mind. Go uh, ahead, go Goddess ahead. Fee okay. has some beautiful poetry that she is performs. very inspiring. Yes. She performs. Yes. Okay. And uh, Courtney Love, and then um, Yolan definitely. Yolan was a luminary artist. Um, and then the other two that were nominated luminary artists, Brother Malcolm and Siraj Rakim. Siraj Rakim does poetry over beats, so he actually does rap too. Mm. Um, celebrity. Um, I would consider DJ Too Deep kind of a celebrity. He's a rapper as well as a poet. You know, if you ask him what he does, you say, is he a poet? He'll say something like that. Mm-hmm. You say, is he a rapper? He'll say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's an incredible performer. Um, And, of course, there are Black Snow. I think everyone in Houston owes him a debt because uh, he's been doing poetry for 25 years. Mm. Uh, Some people call him the godfather of Mm. poetry, especially in Houston. Um, So, in that sense, um, he's definitely a celebrity. Um, and like I said, we all, I mentioned being on the shoulders of greatness, you know, um, he's probably one of the first to sell out, Yeah. you know, different arenas with poetry alone, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, those are the ones that come to mind. There's many, many, many others, you know, Lady 380 is a beautiful poet, she has some amazing pieces that definitely are will touch anyone's heart. MC Lero, he was he actually won the Luminary Entrepreneur. Mm. He's an amazing poet, um, drummer. Um, so there's there's so many that I could list um, that have personally touched me, and I feel inspired by. Um, so those are the ones that come to mind, you mm. know, right off the top of my head. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so most importantly, the last question I'll ask you is what's next for you immediately? What's next? Uh, what's next for me? I have a show uh, January 5th at Showtime Bar and Lounge. It's called 2020 Vision. Okay. And uh, tickets are already on sale on Eventbrite. And, you know, so people can go and buy their tickets and uh, come out for a great show. We're going to be Starting the year off right, you know, starting the year off with poetry, comedy, music, inspiration, a great vibe. Um, that's a Sunday. That's a Sunday. Okay. That's January a, 11th, um, we're actually doing a plus size fashion show, okay. Chunky, Larger Than Life. Okay. It's all uh, plus size models, plus size designers. Um, I kind of talked about defining for yourself. Yeah what you need to define for yourself. We need yeah. to define beauty for ourselves because a lot of black women can't fit a certain standard. Our noses are not pointy. Yeah. You know, our hips are not narrow. Yeah. You know, we have voluptuous bodies. Even if we're absolutely thin, we still have voluptuous bodies. So, yeah. 
Um, so we have that coming up. Uh, so those are the next two things on the agenda. And of course, like I already mentioned, the luminary show, um, I actually want to do an award. You know, I mentioned, um, checking on yourself. One of the hardest things that I had to deal with this year, I, I had three tragic deaths, but the one that was the hardest to deal with for me was, uh, I've worked with over a hundred artists in the city of Houston, but we had one that committed suicide. Yeah. And performers are actually known for substance abuse, reckless living and suicide. Yeah. And, um, I want to do something to honor him, you know, create an award in his honor. I'm still trying to think of how I want to do that. That's probably what I must be spending the next nine days thinking about. Cause I wanted to go into the new year kind of, uh, in a sense, memorializing him. Um, because I don't want to ever lose another performer. Yeah. Especially not one that I know personally that was so young in his twenties. Yeah. You know, had his whole life ahead of him. Rest in peace to him. Yeah. So, so that's some of the things that are next and I'm still thinking about exactly how I'm going to go about creating an award or creating something to honor him, you know, still bouncing ideas off the top of my head. So if anybody out there in a podcast land has any <laughs> ideas of how to, you know, you know, <laughs> you can uh, send them to, uh, you know, Facebook, Zenashe Poetry. You can send me a message, you know, DM no me, no you know, cause I'm definitely thinking about some ways to um, honor him and also just kind of put, I guess, a light on, on mental health and, you know, even more than I have in the past no doubt yeah so uh well we talked about merch in the in the podcast uh this is a a personalized t-shirt that i make for every guest that comes on the podcast Uh, i just wanted to do something a little different i wanted to um give a token of my appreciation for your time by giving you an exclusive black svi t-shirt like i said that i make only for people on the podcast and i appreciate you coming out I appreciate you sitting with me for a while. And, and whenever you wear the shirt, just uh, take a picture and send it to me because I want to post it on on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And no I will doubt. definitely do that. No doubt. Um, listen, uh, today is the 22nd, uh, episode 44. Uh, this episode is dropping on the 24th of December. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, nine days until the ball drops. Houston, Texas, I do what I do for myself. Oh, by the way, Pardon me. Uh, shout out and happy birthday to my um, sister-in-law. She turned, I'm not going to give her age out, but I love you, Amber Renee Richardson. Uh, shout out to my brother, Michael Abidjan, who had a birthday. To my boy, Eve, who's going to have his birthday this coming week. Uh, to the rest of the, I think now we're in Capricorn season. Mm. We'll be in Capricorn season in a few days. By the time this episode drops, we'll be in Capricorn season. Happy birthday to all the Capricorns. Nine days until the ball drops. Houston, Texas, I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95. Sachi on my body. Biggie, Jigger, Puffy. All that ballin' is a hobby. Wildin' in my wallies, in them valleys, no Pilates. More way, get you more wet. Now nah, that's these Bumanti. My 
know my dude, I see you dog. Five bottles, one dick, why I need some bros? I know I'm out of line, but love is shower time You know it rose a rain, when your cloud is nine Get off that high ass hussy, this a private party Been on my dick too long, your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty, these walls on priceless Audi This the upper crust, fuck is up Oh.